Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Class Limited does not promote any hosts or guests' individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Hello, and welcome to the Ask Stephanie radio show on the Coffee Clutch Network. With every child, there is a solution. Explore a variety of education solutions at mayor-johnson.com while saving 20% by using promo code SOLUTION20 at checkout. Tonight is going to be a fantastic interview with Coach Lee Weinraub. Lee is a therapist, a tennis coach. Uh, she was the tennis coach for Dartmouth and Northwestern University, and she's a motivational speaker. Currently, she is utilizing all of these assets doing walk-and-talk therapy at the exclusive Miraval Spa and Resort, teaching tennis as well as giving motivational talks to so many visiting guests. But most importantly, Lee is my sister, so I'm especially excited about having her on tonight's show. Um, Our topic that we're going to be talking about today is performance anxiety in youth sports. Many children face a lot of anxiety playing sports. With competitive sports starting younger and younger, parents are seeing their children stressed out at a very early age. Talking to Coach Lee is going to be especially helpful because she herself was a competitive tennis player at the age of eight years old. And with her history as a child athlete, she can really relate to kids who feel the pressure and anxiety when playing sports. So I introduce to you Coach Lee Weinraub. Hi, Lee. Hi. I'm very totally excited, excited to, to be on have it. you. I think Thank Mommy you. and Daddy are more excited than anybody. <laughs> They're listening and probably very excited we're mentioning them. Tonight. I'm sure they are. They'll be very impressed if we get through it without a fight. <laughs> That's right. So I asked you on tonight's show because I think you, of all people, have the perfect combination of personal and professional experience on this topic. And as I'm sure that you would agree, whether you're the best athlete or just average, there is a lot of anxiety that kids feel when it comes to sports. And in many ways, I sort of view um, you know, playing a competitive game just like it is for an actor or an actress to be on a stage giving a performance. There's a lot of people cheering you on and many eyes are on, on you. They're watching your every move. So you know, for a child with anxiety, this can be very, very intimidating. You know, can you explain, I wanted you to explain to parents what that feeling is of, of just being watched and, and why that could elicit so much anxiety. Um, absolutely. And I would say, having had the experience of starting so young, and I probably picked up my first racket when I was four and played my first tournament and lost miserably, and I even remember who I lost to at the age of eight, um, <laughs> and then having the opportunity to coach at a pretty high level 
and then study psychology. I have some some different angles on the the effects and the and the feelings and experiences it would be to be an athlete and a coach and a therapist. And being on the court, being on a field, playing a sport is exactly like any kind of performance, taking a test. It's anything where you have a higher level of stress and anxiety and you are going to have to solve some problems under an elevated level of physiological, physical, emotional stress, like anything, like like a, a singer, performer. And the cool thing is that the fact that we're having this interview now and parents are able to help kids at a young enough age, that's the perfect platform to build a foundation where kids can develop tools to help themselves before it's too late. So hopefully today the message to get across are some some coping strategies uh, for parents and for kids on how to deal with the reality that, yes, sports bring on pressure, and some of that can be a really good thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't all have to be negative and scary and daunting. It can be a really healthy thing and optimize a kid's life. Well, and I think you bring up the key word pressure here. So, I mean, I see kids being put under pressure at a very young age. I'm a mom, you know, and I have three kids. Do you feel like this pressure is being put on by the parents, by the kids themselves, by both? What what do you what do you think? Um great question. I think it's a combination of all things. I think we live in a competitive world. These kids know it. There's uh, it's more competitive than ever to get on teams, to get into great schools. So there's pressure being fed from societal messages. There's pressure being fed from families, in particular communities. There's additional vulnerabilities and stressors. And I think a lot of it is genetic. I think it's part of human nature to want to thrive and put that in the combination of just a whole stressful community and a stressful world. There's pressure coming from every angle. Yeah, there definitely there definitely is. Yeah. So I, I also I, I want to talk about parents and their role in all of this. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there are some parents that sort of live vicariously through their children. They were the big basketball or football stars back in college or high school, and now they're planning and hoping and dreaming that their kids are going to be just like them. And, you know, maybe their kids aren't like them, and naturally they were born not like they were. And I think that sometimes this is really, really hard for parents. I know I see it when I'm meeting with parents myself that sometimes it's hard for them to take. And I I see when I'm in my own kids, you know, sports and I'm at a game, I see sometimes kids looking over at, at their parents during the game and feeling really, um, you know, upset maybe they didn't do well or they are feeling anxious because they're just not performing the way they feel that their parents want them to. Yeah. Um, you know, at what point is this is this a, a problem? <laughs> and, and, um, and what do parents do about it because they are, – are they aware of it? Are they not aware of it? You know, what could you tell us about this? Yeah. Well, I've – this is this is a topic I've discussed frequently through the course of my career, something I've certainly lived through, and uh, I want to make the message across to each and every one of you listening that, that kids see more than you even want to know that they see, and they can feel everything that you're projecting, and I definitely want to spend some time talking about that. Um, but for for parents out there who have kids in sports, 
there are some parents who have never played competitive sports. Maybe they grew up at a time where they didn't have the opportunity to be in competitive sports, and so now they're really into it. They're extra hyper about their kids' success, and they're living through their kids' performances. And then mm-hmm. there are other parents who have played sports, and now they want their kid to exceed their levels of success. And some of that is normal. Every parent wants to see their kid thrive. Mm-hmm. But if there's anything I can I can impart in my message today, which is, as a parent, when you take the time to sit still and be mindful and really take a good close look at your behavior, I think if I were to if I were to have an opportunity to talk to each and one, each and every one of these parents dealing with it, I think parents know more intuitively than maybe sometimes they want to admit when their behavior has, has crossed over into being perhaps detrimental. Like they can see that they're having an effect on their kid. And if they were really to settle down and look at themselves, they're they're usually able to admit when some of their behaviors are problematic and not helpful. Every single kid wants to meet their parents' expectations. They want to exceed their parents' expectations. Most kids want to meet the approval of their peers. They're driven by um, the rankings, the wins, the the social acceptance, the status, and that is reality. We are driven by a lot of external factors, such as making our parents proud. But anything a parent can do to put a larger emphasis on more internal motivation, things that are coming from like a kid's sense of mastering a, a skill or something that's more process-driven, something that's um, enjoyment-based, growth-based, progress-based is going to be much more helpful in the long run. And just to, and I don't want to go into a too big of a psychological rant, but I'm passionate about this because parents are incredibly contagious. They are the biggest role models for children. Kids are watching everything that you're doing. In fact, as a parent, the number one way you can teach is by modeling certain behavior. And so uh, a roll of the eye, a drop of the shoulders, um, and, and I see any, it all the time. Yeah, it happens Kids, all the time. They feel it. They feel it. Um, you know, to give kind of a funny example, but it's kind of an interesting one, is I yawn, you yawn, it's contagious. Well, study after study is done about the unbelievable power of how everything you're projecting is contagious. I smile, you are more likely to smile. Well, mm-hmm. when a kid is on a court and sees the parent containing anxiety, that anxiety can be felt from from the stands to the field pretty quickly, and it mm-hmm. compounds. And, and lots of kids' anxiety in a, in a sporting event is absolutely going to be in relation to the degree of anxiety that a parent is manifesting. And reality is, of course, parents get into it and they really care, but, but if you can take away from this maybe trying to be a little bit more self-aware as a parent of, is this really long-term going to help the development of my child? Is this about me or is this about them? And am I am I teaching my kid more about what really drives this kid from the inside? What's most important about the kid's long-term life development versus the W? Um, I, I think I think parents are usually more aware of what they're doing than they sometimes want to admit. Um, And I, you know, I think what we spoke about and you and I were speaking about a little earlier is sometimes um, that there's this family systems, this family dynamics issue where one parent is more of the competitive one Mm -hmm. and you see it in their face and you know driving over what it's going to be like and the other one is 
the soft, sweet, oh, don't bother them, don't stress them out, this is going to be a tough ride home if they lose kind of a parent. Yeah. And it sort of forms this relationship within the family yeah. where, you know, you know, even a sibling would say, like, hope my brother wins the game or, you know, my dad's going to be in a bad mood or, you know, everyone's not going to be talking when they get home. And, I mean, I'm sure you could really relate to that personally. I, I believe, Steph, that you really wanted me to win so that I would stay in the competition <laughs> so you could have parties while I was competing. But that's regardless, essentially very positive. <laughs> it, it is definitely a systemic issue, in fact. And I work with lots of kids ranging in age, and I advocate that if a kid's really struggling that they do talk to somebody because it's really helpful. Um, but so many times when I'm talking to the kid, I'm thinking, God, I, what I really need to be doing is bring the parents in, and I normally do bring the parents in because it is a systems issue. So you take a kid who's got performance anxiety when they're competing, but they are containing some of the anxiety because because their father is really, really um, – hardcore into their sport maybe they're coaching them and they really want to make their father happy and then the mother's trying to neutralize the father to be like chill out don't be so hard on them and uh-huh. that kid now is not only having their own personal anxiety because they want to win and they want to perform well they want to do it for dad and now they want to do it to preserve the marriage and the family energy yep. and, yep. and this happens all the time and kids know this. They know that their oh, performance is going to Oh, and I think people listening right now are saying, oh, yeah, this <laughs> happens in our house big time. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, you know, moving on, just, you know, we could go on about family dynamics with that for forever. Yeah. Um, you know, I think kids that are competitive, they're, competitive athletes have pressure, pressure to be the best, they're pressure to win, pressure to score the most points, mm-hmm. let their parents down. But here's my question. What, moving forward, what mm-hmm. does this pressure do to them as they get into their teen years? You know, we're starting so young, and now we've had pressure, 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 and they're getting older. What's the burnout situation like? What, um, what happens? Good question. Well, sometimes pressure is a really good thing. So, so anxiety that unfolds in a person actually sends adrenaline to their system saying, you know, get ready for battle. And things in life are stressful, so if you don't if you don't learn at some point how to deal with stressors and manage them, you're not going to be able to cope with life. So sports and and I am like the biggest advocate of all time to get your kids in sports. Not only because exercise has been proven to be the most useful form of improving your mood and reducing your anxiety, but because sports teach you how to manage crises. Um, They teach you how to make decisions under extreme amounts of stress. But what I see is kids starting really young, A, they're developing lots of injuries, kids are having surgery at super young ages, and the biggest thing I see is extreme amounts of burnout. And I'm going to talk just briefly about two general theories of motivation, psychological theories of motivation. If the reason that your child, and this applies to an adult too, if the reason that you're motivated is based on attaining a result that you know you can attain, if you know that that the potential goal you've set is attainable, you're going to sustain motivation. So a lot of times the work I do with families and kids is about what is a reasonable goal out there in the future looking forward? And are we setting the bar too high? Because if you set the bar too high and you don't have accurate goal setting or reasonable goal setting, you will crash and burn on your motivation. And secondly, and this is the most important one, particularly for younger kids, is 
people are not motivated to continue to do things if there's not some level of enjoyment. So right. for parents out there or coaches who are listening. If they lose the happiness in it, if they lose the enjoyment, it's, yeah. it's just not worth it. The reason a kid chooses to play sports and wants to do it is to some degree they're they're having fun. And even though practice might be tough, they're walking away from the hard work having enjoyed it to some yeah, degree. There's some kind good. of passion. Yeah, they mm-hmm. love when the ball goes in the basket and they love when the ball connects to the strings. And and this is something I, I talk a lot about in a lot of my lectures. And I think every single parent, if I could if I could reduce almost every session I've ever had with a kid or a parent to one thing, it's that they want their kids to be confident, not only on the court but off the court. And I usually try to teach kids and parents the definition of confidence, as far as I'm concerned, is getting to the point that you do not fear outcomes. That's really what truly confident athletes have is that they are not fearing the outcome. And a parent is a great mentor, a great example for teaching kids to take their eye off of the outcome, that that's really not how you attain truly confident um, skills. It's it's the day in, day out, the little processes that would lead you to the outcome. Yeah. So, no, so you're absolutely right, because it's is not about that. That you've earned the right to not fear the outcome because you're doing the work to not fear it. Right. No, that's. I think that that's huge, actually. Yeah. So, okay, so I, I actually want to talk about another set of kids because I think we're talking a lot about competitive children and there are also kids who are regular kids and there are kids that like to play with their friends outside and they like to play in the backyard and they're playing with their neighbors they play basketball on on the driveway and they're good they're average they're enjoying themselves and then they get on the soccer field and they get on the basketball court and they just completely crack under the pressure they mm-hmm. cannot they can't perform the way they should because their nerves are getting to them, whether it's that they're being watched or scrutinized or the coach is screaming and maybe not purposefully, but there are a lot of people and the coach is yelling and screaming and sometimes we don't get to pick our coaches and, you know, they're tougher than others. Um, You know, what advice can you give to parents about those subset of kids? Yes. Should they not be playing competitive sports? Should they be going for something else? Should they? I mean, I'm a big person who I, I happen to like team sports. I think that it's camaraderie and community. Tell me, what do you think? I would never advocate for a parent to pull their kid out of a sport just because they're struggling um, or maybe they're being uh, judged poorly or laughed at. Uh, Michael Michael Jordan is it a great a great example. He's I well use him with my son all the he time. He got cut from the high Love school it. basketball team. Wayne Gretzky says you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. For highly anxious kids or for kids who are struggling, they don't have as many athletic skills. The only way for them to get better at dealing with anxious situations is to actually put themselves in it. And so there's a term in psychology called desensitization. And the more you deliberately put yourself into situations that are going to cause these types of feelings and learn skills on how to deal with those moments, you're never going to overcome them. So for a parent out there facing that, I would say keep your kid in it, you know, push your kid to do it, especially if they're if they like it. If if your kid's miserable and they feel terrible about themselves and they don't like the sport, then I'm talking then you're talking about a different situation. Right. But 
if your kid really likes it, well then, well then, great. Here's an opportunity for them to focus on growth, progress, development, improvement, and 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 the irony is, it's those kids I see more often than not over the long haul. Those are the kids who stay in the sports and actually end up being better in the long run. And the percentage of kids who turn out to be professional athletes or even collegiate athletes, you're one in 10 million and to be a professional yep. athlete. So parents, those of you who are getting your kids into sports, you're doing it for, for social development. You're doing it for emotional development. You're doing it for camaraderie. You're doing it because movement and motion is about is life and it's and it's it's like but I think, natural you know, I think medicine. what concerns parents is that they're doing it for the social development, but they feel that their child is going to be scrutinized or made fun of or picked on because they're not one of the good ones and, on the team and, or they're not they're not scoring the goals or they're not running the way the other children are running and, and the, the only chance for them to get better to, is to actually yeah. do it and put themselves right. in a situation and this is something I remember I remember for myself. I remember saying this a million times. I can do it in practice, but am I applying it to a match? And that's an incredibly challenging transition is how do you take what you're doing in practice out, you know, shooting hoops with your dad or hitting, you know, having a catch with your mom and then put it into action in a match. The only way you can actually get better at that is doing it. And I would get So you think like practice that. makes a difference? What do you say? Do you think practice makes a difference? Um, it makes the biggest difference, and I'd be right. specific out say, there. Uh, really attentive, mindful, deliberate practice, not just waste of time practice where the kid is working with a coach that they're not motivated by. But, but yeah, practice for those people out there who have not heard of these studies. But the, the magic number is ten thousand hours. That to become an expert, you need to put ten thousand hours of time into your craft, whether you're Beethoven or you're Roger Federer. Um, so yeah, yeah, I would, and and you know, certain kids have genetics that are going to require different kinds of practice. So just like mm-hmm. just like improving your bicep muscle, if you're not genetically gifted with more muscular um, build, you got to lift more weights. You might have to eat more protein. Well, the mind is the same exact way. And the mind is very malleable, and it's changing it. In, in ways and at speeds we don't even realize. So there are experts out there who can help your families and your kids on learning how to master their mind. Because if you cannot make your mind work for you, you cannot change your emotions and your behaviors. And the best athletes, the best competitors, the people who thrive in life, they have unbelievably keen mental tools so that they can regulate emotion and solve problems. So I would say get your kid the help that they need and not just a coach of of a stroke or a, a shot but um mental tools right because that's really important i think that sometimes parents just that, you know, I, I think the other thing is that i think parents are like but you were so good in practice you practiced you know i saw you outside with daddy and you know why can't you know i just why can't you get it together in the game and, and it all comes down to anxiety and the mental tools are going to be what really is effective for for that child i i i've heard many times parents say, you know, my kid should be beating that other kid or my kid should be better, should be starting. And the reality is maybe in practice they're one way, but in a match it's a different thing. And that just means they need they need more practice under high-pressure situations and they need more refined tools under pressure situations. And there are ways that you can train that. 
um, right. I, you know, deep deep breathing exercises. And this is something that I think every adult in yeah, America. Yeah, I think people. Is I would love for parents to hear some techniques and yeah. strategies yeah. to take away. I think you you know give us some suggestions. Um, I, you know, I definitely know. At Miraval, I do a lot of work with people who are really into meditation, and people are doing yoga and meditation all over the place because they want to get more mindful and they want to get more attentive and they work they want to work on their minds. Well, the same applies for kids, and I would definitely get kids working on deep breathing. Breathing is is life force energy; it gets oxygen to the mind. Um, and and just one sort of simple sports psychology lesson is. When a kid is really anxious and stressed out, and they're on the court, they're on the field, it's impossible for them to just relax. And the, the, the last thing you want to tell a kid is just relax, because they can't, they can't focus on just relaxing and having fun. Right. There's too much going on in their system. So what, what sports performance coaches will do is teach them how to take a deep breath and actually focus their thought on something else, like maybe moving their feet and maybe even specifically moving on the balls of their feet um, or focusing on a particular a particular physical skill like staring at the ball, um, focusing their eyes. So there are lots of things that you can teach a kid to focus on so that they're not out there swirling around with, what's my mom thinking? Oh, my God. Right. You know. And, right. and I want to get... They need a distraction. I want to make sure I get this message across. It's a really simple one, but sometimes the simplicity is actually the most brilliant and helpful. Absolutely. Um, I see people all the time, and uh, they hear they hear me speak or they have a session with me, and if they think they're going to walk away or, or if any of the listeners think they're going to walk away with, you know, 50% more heightened tools as a parent, it doesn't work like that. You know, so learning happens. You read a book, you learn. You You hear someone speak, you learn something. But transformational change takes time. It's a process. So I try to get every person I work with to think about changing by 5%. And this is something you could teach your kids is you're not going to wake up tomorrow a different person. But if you woke up tomorrow and you were a 5% more positive parent or a 5% calmer um, sports parent. Which is very attainable. 5% 5 is doable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you change your motivation, your thoughts of at, at anything, even if parents walk away tonight and they've listened or a coach is listening and they, they change their their thought process or something that they were thinking to walk away with at least 5%. So I love that. I, I'm going to use that for my kids even, and just even during school, testing, anything. If you, I don't think that's asking so much. I think they, a people want to hear that. A lot of positive psychology is reflecting that that. If you want to get the most out of a person, the best way to do it is to give positive reinforcement. And I think um, for the parents out there, what what science shows is most useful is a five-to-one ratio. This applies to your marriage. It applies to your job. Most people leave their jobs because they feel underappreciated. Most people get frustrated in their relationships because they don't feel appreciated. So if you can maintain a five-to-one ratio in, in the relationship you have with your kid that you're giving, you can give some constructive criticism, but make sure you have plenty of positive deposits before you give the, the criticism. Love it. Five percent. Okay. I'm using that. That'll be used. Five percent and then five-to-one. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so here's another question. Because kids are starting so young these days, I mean, I know kids personally as young as five, six on travel soccer teams. Do you think for kids who are not ready 
emotionally, maturity-wise, they had a late birthday, whatever it is, that if they don't get in and start early, that they're not going to be like the good athletes in the grade. Because I think parents are getting very wrapped up in missing the boat and doing what everyone else is doing because they're afraid that their child is not going, you know, if you're not on the team this year, you're never making it. What do you think? (laughs) That's a really good question. Ask 100 people with similar background to myself, and you might hear 100 different answers, but I'm going to give you mine, so take it for whatever it's worth. And it's it's my opinion based on my personal experience playing, coaching, and studying some extensive psychology. I think every kid is different, but the reality is we are living in competitive times where Mm -hmm. if you want to be extraordinary at something, you're going to have to take some extraordinary measures. And there, there are critical periods of time where the human body develops, the human brain develops and take, take a thousand kids, put them in competitive situations and training at the ages of four, five, six, seven versus starting eight, nine, 10, 11. The reality is, the larger percentage of kids are going to uh, be at a more advanced level when they've started young. It's it's with any skill. So, yes, starting young develops a foundation and a platform for um, higher levels of potential skill. But there's a cost to it, and the cost is injury, and it's happening all over the place. So mm-hmm. the intensity right. in which you're putting the kid under is is a huge facet. If, if you're training at five years old at, at – some hardcore three hours a day program, your kid is running a very serious risk of being injured because their body's not developed. You're also running a risk that they're probably potentially going to get very burnt out if they don't have some other kind of balance, some sort of social existence, um, other sports to improve their athletic ability. And and I think balance is important, even in the quest of being extraordinary. Right. Um, Mix it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think some mix up, but... You know, Lighten the I'm, I'm mood biased. a little. You're in competitive sports. Like do something else a little bit, just whatever it is, to relax their their minds, their yeah. brains. And I think it's yeah. the way you go about it. Personally, um, again, as I said earlier, to be a professional athlete, it's going to be one in millions. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for your kid to have longevity and enjoy sports, keep in mind that when you start them really young, you're doing it at the cost. For me Which I think parents get wrapped up in the moment and then lose that whole train that you're right. Oh, yeah, they do. And and some kids will be able to start young, train, maintain their body, not get serious injuries, play college sports, maybe play professional sports, but it's that's, that's challenging. That's the minority. And know going into it that if you're going to take your kid down that path, it is going to come with um, some significant prices. Yeah. I I always tell parents who ask me, well, do I want my kid to be really focused on one sport or should I have them be balanced and pretty good on sports? That's right. And in my opinion, I think in today's world and um, just from my experience, being amazing at one thing gives your child a significant platform of thriving in lots of other things. That to be extraordinary in something really does actually have – long-term compounding positive effects in your life, be it because you're developing a certain level of esteem or you have a a skill set that you can now apply to anything. 
because you have been focused on something, laser beam focused, to be mm-hmm. balanced and mediocre at lots of things. Um, I think I think it could present it's an interesting perspective. Yeah. yeah, it's like, do you want your kid to be well rounded, or just do you want them to focus and hone in on something their thing? Which I do think that every kid needs their thing. I agree. With, and, I agree. And for them to feel exceptionally extraordinary, and even if yeah. they're not extraordinary, that they feel it's their thing that they're that they're the best at. Yeah. And that they're super focused on because that those focusing abilities are going to apply to other things, and right. and to keep in mind that this is not what the parents' dream is; it's the kids' dream, <laughs> and the parents yeah, are definite for something to keep it for yeah. parents to keep in mind. I think they lose yeah. track sometimes. So what I wanted you to give parents also is just some red flags to know if the child is is facing this performance anxiety because sometimes I think parents can be a little bit oblivious or not wanting to see it and I just wanted you to just actually give some some red flags for people to know. Um I would say on a on a major scale things like um, any sort of f- functioning off the field that starts to decrease like maybe issues at school start to go down, kids are having trouble sleeping, kids are all of a sudden now not wanting to go to practice or they're not mm-hmm. feeling very well. Stress manifests in the body and so when kids are getting sick or they're not they're they're uh their stomachs hurting. Um those are usually some signs that this is probably going to get this is getting a bit more serious. Right. When a kid, and and, and I want to say this too, is that, and I think this is very common, is that when a kid begins to act out on the field, on the court. Yep. Oh, I wanted to get to that. Good. Yeah. It's probably a sign that um, the the anxiety is building like an internal pressure cooker inside of them, and that's time for them to get the kid to step away, find gratitude for the fact that they even get to play the sport. Um, Because we see this all the time. Grown children who are you know, to get their kids, and then they're mortifying themselves because they are hysterically crying on a field somewhere because they are stressed and they're not playing well or they're just having a bad day and and they're just, they're just, I mean, they're they're too old to be behaving this way. What do parents do? Do they take them out of the game? Do they wait for the coach to decide? I I mean, at the point in which a kid is already in a a game situation, that's when a parent is removed. They're no longer in um, charge. In charge, and I think I think that they need to have a conversation with the coach and say, if you see this, I want you to feel like you can take action to take care of the kid in a way that's going to be best for their long-term growth on the on the um, in the sport. Um, and then, as a parent, I think having a conversation with the kid again, tears, tears, or appetite changes, or overall looking down, any sort of behavior that seems kind of down, these are stress responses. And parents, I certainly hope, are in tune enough with their kid to see, hmm, this is very out of character. They're not eating the same. They're wanting to bail on things. They just don't seem happy. Or they're overly teary. These are stress responses. And when you let those stress responses go for a long time, they manifest a, a great, I use the metaphor all the time, if if you went to the gym to get your bicep really ripped, you'd go for an hour, you'd do some bicep curls, and then you'd leave. And you'd go back every every other day to have strong biceps. Uh, if you stayed in the gym and you kept lifting and lifting and lifting, you'd break your arm. So people get it when you talk about their arm. But when you talk about 
the mind, the heart, and the soul that is constantly churning and burning and curling, a lot of times people, and especially kids, don't see the blind cumulative effects that stress has on the inside of them. So look out for for emotional responses from kids that are out of context. Um, and, And it's important also to have a good relationship and open communication, especially with a younger child, but even an older child, that that you have to be able to talk to the coach. I mean, you have to let them know what's going on, correct? Absolutely, and you have to know that the coach is a good fit with your kid. And if and if you have no choice and you're stuck with the coach, then you've got to have a strong presence in communicating with the coach things that are potentially not working or you've seen right. to be pr- problematic or that are Screaming in somebody's kid. face doesn't always work for somebody, but setting a fire under someone can be great. Yes, people are much more motivated by positive than fear so talking about coaches, this yeah. is something I really actually wanted to know, okay? Yeah. So in youth sports, um, many times it's the parents at a young age that are so generously, they're donating their time. They're, they're busy, they're at work, mm-hmm. and there's nobody to coach the team. Everybody's busy today. We all have a thousand things and more than one children many times, mm-hmm. and so it's the parents that are, you know, up at bat that they're the ones coach mm-hmm. in your opinion if you have a child who's sensitive or has you know sports anxiety is it a good idea bad idea for those parents to coach their child's team <laughs> um, i i think my first reaction is to say that i think when your parent coaches your team it changes your social experience and you're no longer free to be um exactly the peer you would be, it does change the dynamic. Again, I think that some of these things are individual. There are some kids who really do thrive when when their parents are involved. I would say most of the time I see most often kids who would benefit much more from having a different coach outside of their parent. Mm -hmm. Um, Just somebody else that it's... I I I think think it's more useful. You you live with your parent. You have enough of their coaching in all sorts of realms. And they want preferential treatment, and if they're not getting it and they're getting attention, and no matter how much the parent is giving the attention to their friend or teammate and not them, it really causes sometimes just they can't handle it. Yeah. So uh, another question, another scenario, okay. And you, tryouts, and you remember Dad trying to coach me. That never fared too well. That did never it? worked out. He liked coaching me better, but that was just because I wasn't really that good. And so <laughs> it was really more about when the did, fun. When did he coach you? He coached my baseball team. Yes, he did. He coached did my you, baseball team. Did you play left field or right field? <laughs> I played second base, and I was not that good. But I was more of an actress, so that's okay. Which, speaking of your acting, I went to see Les Mis the other day, and it reminded me of all the times you were um, running around so the house good. singing. <laughs> because I needed to have my thing. You were such a good athlete. I had to have my own. Oh, you had your special. thing. That's right. I'd love to hear you on the show right now bust out a couple of on-my-own notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to skip those and we're going to move on. <laughs> this is why it's always fun to have a sibling on the show. Okay, I have another question for you. Let's get back to business here. Okay. okay. It's tryouts for the school baseball team. You know that your child is probably not going to make it, is feeling anxious, chances are are not great, Okay but they say they want to try out. Good idea, bad idea to support the child and protect or discourage them. What, what do we do? Encourage, encourage, encourage. 
just because a kid, just because a kid doesn't make it doesn't mean they're not going to make it the next time or the next time. And if you discourage your kid from even trying out, you're basically saying, don't even put yourself on the line because the possibility that you won't make it might be so terrible. And failure is necessary for thriving in anything, especially as sports. In fact, failure is exactly the data that shows up on what what you need to do to get better. So. <laughs> They you know, again, back it. to Michael Jordan. You got you. You're gonna get caught. You're gonna get. Right. You're going to get caught. There's always gonna be someone better than you. You're, Some, you're I just always was going meeting to with lose a psychiatrist the other day, and he said a quote which I tweeted the other day: "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger." And I, I completely, I, I believe the same as you do. And I think there are some parents that would disagree that just would say, you know, like shield my child from the disappointment. And I think that. You know, there are a lot of things, like life isn't perfect, and we're not going, typically, we're not going to get everything we want, and we're not going to get the job we want later on in life, and there's going to be many interviews that we go on and don't get, but sometimes, like, we have to learn how to take disappointment, and, uh, and I I'm think I'm going to go okay. out on a limb and say that this is potentially the biggest takeaway of the interview, which is parents want to protect their kids so much and they don't want their kids to hurt and they don't want their kids to to experience the pain of failure that is life that is exactly what life is about is you fall down you have to get back up every every human being is going to experience failures and it's the shielding your kid from a failure that makes them never put themselves on the line and it's the people who bounce back jump up and say bring it on you know give me another chance that thrive and you see this in every interview of every successful person it's the it's so for the parents out there who are in that situation teach your kid put it on the line and if it doesn't work out well then train even harder at the things you need to train focus on growth 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 yeah there's, there's i totally no thing as a mistake or a failure it's lessons yep i totally agree with that i think that's like a really good ending point actually because i think that parents need to realize our we're, children aren't perfect and they're it's okay yeah so, i want to send, you know, send one one shout out to mom and dad for being great sports parents because they were awesome they were awesome and they're very <laughs> excited that they're getting their shout out there everyone at their golf community is listening right now. <laughs> um, and i want to thank you for taking time because you're one of the busiest people i know and you have the busiest schedule so thank you for giving your advice to everyone. And if you could just tell um, my listeners where they can find out more about you. Uh, you can go to my website, which is mindfully, M-I-N-D-F-U-L-E-I-G-H dot com. And that would be the best place to find me. You'll hear a lot more about what I do. Um, I do a lot of work at Miraval, but I do a lot of stuff on my own. And I would love to hear from each and every one of you. And you can find me on Facebook as well at Mindfully as my page name. Yeah. And, and she's great about if you have questions and yeah. especially, you know, for parents that are, are listening, I think it's important to know that there's always people willing to, to help. So, you know, I think sports anxiety is a topic that so many parents are interested in. It's a major part of Amer American culture. We watch sports, we play sports, we talk about sports, we celebrate sports. I know my husband couldn't get through dinner tonight because he was so <laughs> excited to see who was going to be um, you know, competing in football tonight and who's going to be, you know, who's going to be playing. And it's just, you know, that 
That's, it's the Super Bowl it's stuff. Just, it's the Super Bowl. Yes, I know what the Super Bowl is. <laughs> that it's going to be next, you know, that it's going to be next week and who's going to make it. So I think that, it, you know, it's just a part of our world and our competitiveness and our culture. And so, you know, I think it's just important to take away that we want to keep our child athletes grounded and focused and have a positive mindset. Um, you know, I hope that after parents listen, they will consider what we spoke about tonight. Um, and please visit the Coffee Clatch, www.thecoffeeclatch.com. Um, and you can always visit my website, www.askstefanie.com, or on Twitter, Ask Stephanie, and Facebook. Um, and please look forward to my next interview next month on Sunday, February 17th, with the amazing Mark Elliott, What Makes Me Tick. He's phenomenal. Cannot wait to interview him. Um, we just met in person uh, two months ago, and he's going to be an amazing interview. Um, and next Sunday night, Marion Russo um, is going to have her show, Inspire, at 9 p.m. So please tune in for that as well. Um, so, again, thank you very much, Lee. You were as I knew you would be, a phenomenal and very funny guest. You were my funniest so far. Uh, you, you proved I was to just be getting warmed everything up. I knew you would be. Thank you Thank for you. interviewing me, Steph. Thank you. Good night. Good night.